Hello, and welcome to the Healthcare Leadership Mindset. I'm your host, Yolanda Gonzalez, former administrative fellow and current administrative director at Mass General Hospital, located in Boston, Massachusetts. I invite you to join me as I engage with leaders in various roles across the healthcare field to gain real-life insights into their work challenges, the skills that have helped them succeed, and advice on how to get started if this is a path for you. So what are you waiting for? Let's start the journey today. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I am so excited to have you here today. Even if you aren't in healthcare, this episode is going to leave you feeling inspired and motivated. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Raven Harris, CEO and founder of Activate the Dream, where she provides both personal and professional development coaching to individuals and organizations. Prior to this role, she served as Chief Operating Officer for Select Specialty Hospital, an organization that treats the most critical and complex medical and surgical conditions. Raven holds a master's degree in healthcare administration from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill and her bachelor's degree in biological sciences from Cornell University. In this episode, we discuss lessons learned from leading under pressure, identifying and bridging the gap for new and emerging leaders, goal-setting tips, pivoting in your career pathway, and so much more. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. Before we dive into our questions, would you mind telling us a little bit about your background and walk us through your journey? What made you get into healthcare administration and what made you decide to pursue the pathway you're on today? Sure, of course. So it goes back to college. I came into college as a biological sciences major, and I thought I was going to be pre-med like all of my other friends. And I stuck with the pre-med journey for quite some time up until my junior year. And in my junior year, I had the opportunity to do like an apprenticeship internship, and I was matched with a podiatrist. So of course, I was super disappointed when I got matched with the podiatrist, and it turned out to be one of the most amazing experiences. This uh, physician was just so knowledgeable, such a inspiration to what I wanted to do next in my career. And what he shared with me was the importance of understanding that healthcare is still a business. And as a independent provider, struggling with the business side was really hurting his business and something that he wished he would have learned more about. So it really piqued my interest or my curiosity of how could I get some understanding and training about the business side of healthcare. So I finished undergrad as a biological sciences major, did all of the pre-med requirements just in case I changed my mind. But I decided, you know what, I want to do something where I can marry the business as well as healthcare. So straight out of undergrad, I went straight into grad school to do a master's in healthcare administration. Learned so much about human resources, business, the the history of the healthcare system. And I had people ask, you know, what is an MHA? And I think more and more people are familiar now, but at the time, the way I described it as like, I have an MBA with a specialty in healthcare. That was the easiest way to explain it. And through my graduate experience, I had the opportunity to do an executive internship at Sutter Health on the West Coast, which I learned so much because the person who I reported to 
right at right now he's the COO of the entire Sutter Health Health System. And at the time he was the um, CEO of a region of hospitals. So I got so much exposure to psychiatry, philanthropy, foundations, unions, um, of course, in the, in the West Coast. So, so much exposure in learning. And after I finished my graduate program, one of the things that was super important to just, again, get exposure, exactly sure what area of healthcare that I wanted to go into. So I did a fellowship at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston. And this goes back to what we'll talk about more and more about intentionality. I wanted to be in Houston because I know Houston has the Texas Medical Center, the largest medical center in the world. I was like, so this is healthcare on steroids. I'll get exposure to all different types of um, arenas, areas within healthcare. So Baylor College of Medicine is an academic medical center. So I got exposure to research, clinical operations, as well as, of course, they have medical students. So lots of different rotations within that fellowship because we operated out of the office of the president. So again, lots of exposure. I learned about uh, physician recruitment. Just, it was such a blast. And after I finished my fellowship, one of the things that was super important to me was I wanted to manage people. When I was at, during the fellowship, it was more so project management. So I was like, okay, check that box. Now the next thing was, how do I get an opportunity to manage people? So I took a role um, with DeVita in the inpatient side. So it was hospital services administrator. Um, so we call that acutes for dialysis. And again, got so much exposure. Um, in that role, I ended up having the, the pleasure to oversee six inpatient dialysis units throughout the greater Houston area. And then towards the end of my time there, I um, picked up the procurement. So all of the ordering and supplies for the greater Houston area, which was 24 different hospitals. So never thought I would dive into that area. And that's a whole nother beast of like, how do we make sure we have the supplies to operate our dialysis machines, as well as the delivery team. So making sure things were delivered to the hospitals in a timely manner and our hospitals had everything they need 24 seven. So that was an entire, look, we could have a whole nother podcast conversation about um, procurement and delivery. And then after that, um, I had the opportunity to be in a COO leadership development program. And that was at select hospital. And I, again, learned so much and the first Monday in March of 2020, I became the interim CEO. And then about 10 days later, um, the U.S. imploded and the world was shut down. And this, again, when I talk about leadership skills and, and soft skills and communication skills and knowing how to function under pressure and chaos, this is where I really, really, really developed a lot of those skills and, and, and strengthen those skills because who knew, you know, we would experience a pandemic in our lifetime. And what that experience really did for me, it showed me how there's um, a lack and how there's some gaps in leadership. There's some gaps in, especially millennials in leadership and new and emerging leaders of how we're able to navigate um, circumstances and, and navigate um, difficulty and challenge and uncertainty. 
And for me, what that experience did, it really made me think about also my own mortality, seeing so much death, seeing so much sadness, seeing so much fear made me think about Raven. Okay, what's next for you? Is And is this the dream you have? So I, I named my company Activate the Dream because since I was a child, I've had dreams and visions and goals. And it was at this time with just so much chaos, I thought about, are, are these your dreams? Are you living your dream? And though I was been so fortunate to really develop my career in healthcare and do meaningful work, I knew that there was something more. I knew that there was something different. And I made the decision end of that year to resign from my role and took some time, you know, I didn't jump into what's, what, what, what next is like, because I think there was really some trauma from seeing all of this um, in, in healthcare. And I thought, what is missing? What is missing and where can I contribute? And I remember that the thing that I love the most and the thing where I saw some of the biggest gaps was in really developing this next generation of leaders. So I created my company or founded my company, Activate the Dream, which is a leadership solutions company. And it is primarily focused on helping individuals as well as organizations and emerging leaders and really giving that key top talent the skill sets and the techniques to lead, lead authentically, lead effectively, and lead with intentionality. <laughs> I give you a long answer. <laughs> I love that. I am just blown away by your journey. And I think there's so much that I want to dive into. You know, I think our listeners are fascinated at your story and the fact that you were able to jump into this interim CEO position for a period of time and then 10 days later have the pandemic hit. I mean, you talked a little bit about leading under pressure. In that experience, what are some top lessons that you learned? for yourself that would be helpful to others in terms of what does one need to do to be able to lead under pressure effectively? That's a great question. And I'm going to actually take it back to Houston. So I was in Houston when Hurricane Harvey hit and that experience was wild. Um, so dialysis machines work off of water. So when we lost water in areas such as Beaumont, our staff, our team members had to learn to work new completely equipment overnight. Um, we had hospitals that we had to evacuate because they started flooding. We had nurses that we were trying to airlift into different hospitals. We had people that lived in one county line and we had to try to talk to, I, I remember being on the phone talking to the National Guard, seeing if they could drop a nurse off at this county line and then coordinate with the sheriff's department to pick them up at the next county line to get them into the hospital. So all of that emergency preparedness, disaster planning that we do in healthcare that you think, huh, we won't need, yeah, you, you may need this one day. and. To answer your question, what that taught me is there's no experience wasted. Maximize the moment. You never know when you will have to apply what you learned in a different situation and scenario. And I think the skill set that really helped me be able to uh, respond during the pandemic and to respond during 2020 to my team is that effective, clear, and concise communication. 
when people are nervous, upset, confused, I think it's super important for the leader to communicate clearly and to communicate timely, especially when it comes to something that when the pandemic first started in March, I remember the policies and rules were changing daily. It's like, this room is contact. This room is not isolation. You know, it's aerosol. It's, it's, I mean, it's airborne. I mean, every day it's like, oh, what's the new policy today? What did we find out today? And I think one of the things is that I made sure that I was telling my team, hey, whatever information I have and I can provide, you will know what I know when I know it, and we will make it as clear as possible. And you have to think about in healthcare, you have staff that it's like, maybe three days on, four days off, or four days on, three days off. So how do you make sure also that someone who hasn't worked in three or four days, when they come back, they are clear on what we are doing today? What is our policy? What is our plan today? So I think communication is key to leadership, and especially in times of chaos like this. Definitely, definitely. And I love that you touched on having clear, concise communication as a skill set. And I'm sure that that is something within your organization, Activate the Dream, that you're helping, you know, students or organizations learn a little bit more about. So let's go back to um, your organization, Activate the Dream. What does that day-to-day look like? And what are, um, you know, can you dive a little bit more in how you're teaching students and organizations how to build the skill sets that they need to lead? Yes. So I have like a signature coaching program and one is geared more towards organizations working with the professional development. And then the other program that I have is called CEO of me. And that is primarily for personal development. And the personal development is more so on like, how are you managing your day? Are, are, you, are you making sure that you have your, your personal priorities together? And then for organizations, it's more so on leadership skills. And leadership skills are not just in, you know, effective, uh, there's so many soft skills as we talked about communication. How, how are you reading the room? So it, to answer your question about what does a day-to-day look like, a day-to-day looks like, me either consulting with organizations that are interested in the one-to-one leadership development program. Also, it, I also have a podcast, so it may be recording podcast episodes. And then also it's working with individuals who connect with me on LinkedIn or Instagram that are interested in that personal development and or they're in career transition. And they're like, how do I increase my executive presence? How do I work on my leadership skills? So those are kind of how the two of the two of those programs work. I think one of the most important things for anyone is having an understanding of self and knowing where, you know, their goals, where their visions are, and if they're aligned with meeting those goals. So can you share maybe some tips um, over the course of your timeline and experience? I mean, you said that you've always been one to set goals and visions and targets for yourself. What inspired you to start doing that? Because that's not something that I think a lot of people actually do. So in terms of always having big dreams and goals. I think that comes back to from being just a child. And I've always had a big imagination. And I love the arts. I love performing. I love being on stage. I love art museums. 
so I think in terms of like having a big imagination, I love Disney Channel. I, I, I'm of the Disney Channel uh, age. So I think all of that really inspired me to have like some whimsical, I, I would all, we'd always go to, um, I live in Georgia. So Disney World's not too far for me. So we'd go to Disney World two to three times a year. So I think all of those things really gave me that big imagination. And I'm so grateful to my parents. I think exposure to seeing that there's so many different types of cultures and there's so many different types of um, experiences that we can have that really made me want to like, just, you know, the sky's the limit, right? I always say that I've heard the late great Dr. Miles Monroe say that the cemetery is one of the richest places on earth because that's where there's unlived dreams, there's goals that are not achieved. And I really want to live my life with like die on empty, live full. There's so much, there's so much life, there's so much fun, there's so much enjoyment, there's so much. How do you do everything with with passion, with vigor, with zeal? And how I set goals for myself. And I think you, you have to definitely walk a line because I, I'm sure many of the people that are listening, they're high achievers, they're leaders, they're go-getters. And how do you walk that line of being assertive and, and, and wanting it all and not putting too much pressure on yourself and not making yourself feel like overwhelmed? I think we live in a day and age where you know, you can look to the left or look to the right and feel um, comparison or feel FOMO. And how do you make sure you run your own race? And that's something that I actually coach people on because it's something that I have actively had to remain focused on and steadfast in, hey, Raven, you're running your own race. It's not what Yolanda's doing. It's not what this person over here is doing. What are your skill sets? What are your gifts? And what gets you energized? I believe we all have special strengths. And one of, I call it my superpower is seeing that in other people, seeing like, oh, you know, Yolanda's really great at this. This this is her sweet spot and pulling that out of out of people and helping them to find to build around those particular skill sets and strengths. So that I, I consider to be my superpower, seeing the greatness in other people and really building on that. And that is something that even as we speak, I'm actively working on myself to say, hey, you know, what are your strengths? Not what someone else is doing. And what do you love? And how can you build on that? And that's how I set my goals. And also to add in some fun. You know, life is life is meant to be enjoyed. Don't overwhelm yourself or, you know, drive yourself nuts over, oh, I have to do this, I have to do that. You know, be disciplined, but also have enough discipline to celebrate yourself and have some fun. I love that advice. <laughs> That's so good. And it can be so easy to compare yourself to others. It's probably easier now because of social media, because of LinkedIn, and you're seeing everyone's accomplishments, everyone's biggest moments. So I do think that that's a really good reality check that we need to have for ourselves to kind of remember, like we're seeing the best of everyone's life, but that's not necessarily reflective of everything else going on in the background and really honing in on yourself and recognizing like your own journey your pathway, setting those goals um, is definitely so, so important. So I'm glad to hear that that's part of the work that you are doing. Um, I'm really curious, you know, if you could go back and tell yourself one thing 
that you wish you would have known before starting this journey, what would that have been? Ooh, that's a great question. It's funny that you asked that because I was talking to one of my college roommates just last night and we were talking about um, our 20s and things that we would have done differently and you know how it's you know it's not a loss it's a lesson and it's not failure it's feedback and what I found and what we were talking about was that it's okay to pivot it's okay to reset. That is the biggest thing I would have told myself. I started college, I think I was sharing with with you all that in biological sciences, and I had some other interests, but it was one of those, like, well, I started one major, I have to finish this major. And it's because of that kind of mentality that I have, like, you know, if you start something, you must finish it. But it's okay to, to learn. It's okay to evolve. It's okay to change your opinion. It's okay to have a shift. It's okay to have a reset. And I think I allowed myself to feel stuck and I didn't trust my inner gut. And my gut has never lied to me. I I feel very fortunate and blessed to have like, I think I have really great discernment, but I don't listen to it sometimes. It's like, hey, you you know what your inner guidance, that inner tug is telling you, but you're like, ah, you blow it off. And if I could do anything over again, hey, your gut, it's never lied to you. Like your inner compass, your steering wheel, listen to it. Trust that. Trust yourself. Give yourself permission to trust you. Wow. I'm going to have to take that advice too. I think it's, I think you're so right. It can be uh, challenging to sometimes listen to yourself, even though you're the one that knows yourself best. So that's definitely advice I will be taking away. Um, I'm sure that our audience is going to want to connect with you and learn more about you, learn more about your podcast. So what are different ways that they can do so? Absolutely. So definitely connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm Raven M. Harris. Let me know that you were listening to this podcast and that's how how we connected. I'm on Instagram, Raven M. Harris. And also my podcast is Reset with Raven wherever you listen to podcasts as well as on YouTube. Great. And we will be linking those links in the show. So definitely go and check out Raven's material. There are so many great lessons and good takeaways that you will definitely find. Um, So Raven, just in closing, I have two final questions for you. And I'm really curious if there was one thing you could change about leadership today or based on your past experiences that you've seen, what would that have been? I would say the investment in the next generation. Mm. Oftentimes I have heard Gen Zers and millennials get a bad rap for wanting to succeed and wanting to excel quickly. And I think rather than look down on that, embrace that. Those are young people, we are young who are ready to, ready to win, ready to, to learn and excel and driven and ambitious. Embrace that. Raise up the next generation. Pour into this next generation. We are excited. We are ready to go and full of innovation and creativity. Really, really embrace that and pour into that and develop that and invest in that. 
in your organization. The other thing that I am really curious to hear from you about is the best advice that you've received that you would share with us today. I had a mentor that told me back in 2014 that she often saw people running in place, busy, but not productive. So make sure that when you're doing something, you do it with intentionality, you do it with specificity, and you do it with authenticity. So that would be the biggest advice that I've received and that I've really kept in the back of my mind, or maybe even in the forefront of my mind, to be intentional. Don't just be running in place or holding up space. Be intentional. I love that. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for being on the show. It's been so great to talk to you today. I am so glad that we've been able to chat and I'm sure our listeners are going to be following up with you and learning more about your content, Raven. Thank you so much for having me, Yolanda. Thank you so much for being here and for listening to this episode. If this is your first time here, welcome. Please click on the subscribe button wherever you're listening. And if you enjoyed the episode, please be sure to leave a rating or review of the part you enjoyed the most. I look forward to meeting you all back here soon.